Welcome to How to Lose a Girl in 10 Days, the podcast where we talk about the opinions of old people and young people, from fair wages, carbon zero, sheen halls, and everything else in between. Hello everybody, welcome to How to Lose a Girl in 10 Days. I'm Holly. And I'm Sandy, and we're your hosts today. So today's episode is going to be about climate change. Everybody's favourite and least favourite topic. In my opinion, everybody should care about it, especially those who plan on being alive for the next 50 years. Yeah, or maybe who care about their neighbours or their children. And, or who want to have children. If you, if you have any, any sense of human empathy, please care <laughs> about climate change. Yeah. So basically, just like a quick overview of what climate change is. The world's getting hotter because we're releasing more greenhouse gases. And because it's getting hotter, you're seeing the ice caps melting, which is meaning we, we have rising sea levels. And at the same time, we're seeing more extreme weather events just because of the way storms form between hot and low um, temperature areas. Like the cyclone that's come through New Zealand. These aren't just like random natural disaster events that just like occur. This is actually like a result of climate change. And then the polar bears have no homes, which I think is sad. Exactly. So My main qualm is that the polar bears ma- have no icebergs to sleep on. That's the most upsetting thing. Yeah, see, I can only live on a hill, so I'm going to have a nice beachfront property in about 20 years. <laughs> Wasn't there, like, a dude in the US who was just like, why can't the people on the beachfronts just sell their homes and live <laughs> somewhere else? Who is buying the homes that are half underwater, bro? The fish. They need houses the, too. The fish. <laughs> Upscale architecture. That's, that's like why, why climate change policy is like important, right? So New Zealand at the moment has just got like one main piece of legislation, which is, you know, what we're doing to combat climate change. And it's called the Zero Carbon Act. And basically it just says by 2050, we want to be taking, like absorbing as many emissions as a country as we release. So we have net zero emissions, basically. Yes. That's like comparatively better to there was another one that existed before that right you said the 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 emissions emissions trading scheme emissions trading scheme which was basically just like oh if you if you release this much greenhouse gas you have to pay x amount of money to like mitigate that yeah what like what's the difference between the emissions trading scheme and the one we have now well the one we have now is basically it's in in functionality it also includes farmers, which was quite important, like quite a big uproar for a while, because the emissions trading scheme originally didn't include agriculture. Which a lot of people like, love the farmers. They love the farmers, but I think farmers release something like 20, 25% of our emissions come yeah. from farming. Right? Cow farts. Cow, cow burps, actually. Cow burps. It turns out they don't fart methane, they burp it. Interesting. The more you know. Yeah. But nowadays, agriculture is included in the emissions trading scheme. Sorry, through the Zero Carbon Act. And the other major difference is just that the government now has a deadline saying we need to do this and it gives them incentive to actually no, get off the asses. fuck around. <laughs> exactly. That's good. Do some work. So that's what we've got in at the moment. Plus also they're trying to reduce, is it reduce taxes on electric vehicles to like incentivize people to, to purchase them more? I think it's just given them a rebate so that you buy an electric vehicle. Oh yeah, yeah, you're money. right. The electric yeah. vehicle. People have labeled this or like there was also just like people saying like, oh, this is a good tax on utes or whatever. And this is anti-farmer policy. But I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I think that there are, I don't think it's that important. I think that farmers can afford to pay a little extra tax if they're like emitting things that are going to kill many people in years to come. It also affects a lot of people in the cities. 
Basically, yeah. it's just to encourage you to get an electric car, like, I think it's, it's fair. Like, it's, yeah. It makes it cheaper to invest in these new technologies, and it also means that you can have an electric car and not have to spend money on exorbitant gas prices like Absolutely. we saw last year. It mostly just affects a businessman named Simon who like works a corporate job and has two children who wants a really nice gigantic ute to drive around the city to like assert his big dick energy. And he's the guy who's funding um, anti-climate anti-climate policy. This is this is the old white man agenda. <laughs> we should label it. But, but, I mean, by and large, by and large, New Zealand climate policies aren't terrible. Like, the main thing that we've done is ban natural gas, like, new natural gas exploring. Yes. And initially, I had heard that that was a bad thing because, like, initially you hear natural gas is a really good transition source. Like, instead of burning coal, we should do gas because it's better. It, like, releases half the CO2 when it when it burns than, like, as opposed to coal. It, that, that's what it, I heard somewhere. It turns, it turns out that's just propaganda. And the reason basically for that is it's, it's sort of like you manipulate statistics. Because I don't know how many of you have you ever used a coal burner or like a wood burner, but it, it's really inefficient. You chuck a bunch of coal in and you get heat everywhere. It doesn't just like like light the stove like you want it to, right? Whereas you get a, like a gas stove, you turn up, you turn the tap on, you release a little bit of gas to get the same effect, right? So you have to burn a lot more coal than you do gas, generate the same amount of power. Yeah. And as a result, if you just look at those figures, you would say, yeah, natural gas is way more efficient than coal, mm. right? Better better source of energy. But it turns out that when you mine methane, which and natural gas is just basically methane, it's got some other stuff too, but it's mainly just methane. Methane's in these really dense pockets in the in the ground. Yeah. yeah. So when you, you know, mine these pockets, gas just blasts upwards, and the, the, the modules are actually designed to just basically vent a ton of this, this methane. You get you get like maybe ninety percent of this methane. There's still just ten percent that just literally yeah. just releases. Like oh well, I mean, it might <laughs> not be, much it, yeah. we can do. It might be even higher than that. But the thing is, is that you also have to get it from. That where you've mined it to wherever you're using it, which means you put it through pipelines. But as we've seen with Wellington's pipes, they leak a lot, oh. right? We might not have gas leaks all the time, but we have water leaks. And the thing is, is that oftentimes you do have, like, especially when you have big pipelines, they have periodic areas where they just vent a bit of gas so the pipelines don't explode when they head up. Oh, so like in order for it to be successful in actually getting the gas and transporting it to where you want to use it, you just have to lose some in the process. Exactly. And, which is like just as bad. And the thing is, is that methane is much worse. Like, like it's much worse for our environment than CO2. That's it's much, what cows burp. Cows it's much burp better methane. at absorbing heat. So it's bad greenhouse gas, basically. That if you if like less than one percent of all the methane mined is like emitted into the atmosphere instead of being burned, it's better than coal. But what? unfortunately, studies have shown that between four and six percent of all the methane that we mine is just released as methane and not burned. And oh. some studies have actually found it can be upwards of nine percent. Basically, it means issue... that natural gas is just worse than coal. For being it's worse than coal, but also because of all of this thought that it is a better transition gas, just a bunch of people have been using it a lot more, which just makes it worse because you, instead of like 10% of people using natural gas, you've got, I don't know, yeah. significantly more than that using natural gas. So you've just got more wastage because more people are using it and more people are mining it. Exactly. And you've got to remember at the end of the day, it's you're still emitting greenhouse gases. Like it might be more efficient than coal if we take all the hype to be real. I mean, it's not. But even if it is more efficient than coal, you're still emitting natural gas. Like you're still emitting greenhouse and gases, in order to, and we still can't. You know, we, we can't really do that to yeah. actually meet the goal of like not letting um, global warming exceed 1.5 degrees. And there's just actually no room for any kind of greenhouse gas to exist, really.
So going through what like different parties in New Zealand think about this policy and what they suggest. So ACT, who is a right-wing pro-free market yeah, um, Very pro-business, very... Get the government's hands yeah. off businesses. Yeah. If you if you haven't listened to our first podcast about the main players in New Zealand politics, you should listen to that to get a vibe of what other parties are like. But yeah, so ACT is pro-free market. So they just say, we should remove the Zero Carbon Act because we don't want to like harm our producers. So they think that by taxing them, it's going to be really bad for the economy. Um, and they, they think it's going to disadvantage us compared to other countries. There's a, there's a whole bunch of arguments they use. But basically, they just want to say, no more regulation about climate change. You can admit what you want. And consumers will pick products that have less emissions and yeah. you'll naturally... Yeah, because like, like, It's a magical force resulting in stopping climate change. Yeah, they also think just like, in, like, innovation will help us out of this. If you don't tax businesses really highly, then like they have more space and money and time to produce things that are better for the climate and they will just do that of their own accord. I don't think that's necessarily true. But we'll get into that later on the podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll discuss that later. Yeah. Out, of, out of all the parties... ACT is the only party that voted against the Zero Carbon Act when it was in Parliament. Yeah. And debated the only Parliament. party. The only party. Every other party in Parliament, well, Greens, Labour, National. Uh, oh, Murray Party. Murray Party as well. Yeah, Murray They all voted in favour of it. Yes. Because it is good legislation. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they voted for it. I don't know. I think repealing the Zero Carbon Act is quite an extreme view of which not a ton of people agree with. Yeah. National's the only party that just like simply does not have any thoughts about climate change. We like spent hours looking through their like pages and they're like, yeah, it's bad and we have a plan and then just proceed to give no information on what they think about it at all. The only, they they spend more time talking about military boot camps than they do about climate change. Yeah, this is true. In fact, they, I think the only thing that I found about climate change on the National website was just a press release they released from like two years ago and like the Zero Carbon Act equals good, but we would do it differently. But then they also voted for it and then, like, ideologically opposed it. So, like, they, they actually just have no original thoughts re Yeah, they, they, keep, they keep changing their mind. Yeah, so that's just interesting. Like, I, ideologically, they fall in a similar vein to ACT in that, like, you probably shouldn't negatively tax businesses because they should innovate their way out of it and it'll probably be bad for the economy. So if they do release a climate policy, I think it's probably likely it'll be something in that kind of vein. It probably isn't going to be tax all farmers because national love the farmers they will do anything for the farmers yeah. they're like the farmer's sugar daddy <laughs> national is obsessed with farmers in general yeah so that means that like re-climate change they don't really do much to piss off the farmers they want to stay on their good side because they got a lot of money from them <laughs> they So let's move on to Labour. Um, Labour's different to the other two parties that we've currently covered because it's they sort of also believe in having like government regulation, being like, guys, you shouldn't emit this. We're going to tax you. We're going to stop you from doing this sort of stuff. So yeah. they believe in. So what they've done in government right now is they've brought in some strong climate policy, like the Zero Carbon Act, and they've been giving a lot of money to help you buy EVs. Yes, I think yeah, that's mainly what they're doing. They're not as really strongly pro-climate change reform as parties like the Greens are, but I think that they have an, a lot of pressure from young people, especially after like the climate strikes. Um, I think that they just get a lot of pressure from other people to have to act in this way, which is where a lot of it comes from. But yeah, 
they're certainly like we should we should do something for climate change we should aim to reach these targets um but they yeah they kind of sit in the middle ground of don't want to don't want to annoy too many people don't, don't want to be too reformist but do but but do enough to keep the ball rolling they sort of basically tinker around the edges do some changes like put more money in public transport instead of roads yeah that's why you have all of the electric buses in wellington now those buses have got cool designs on the side they've got like kids drawings on them i do like them max age six his picture of a fish is all around wellington slade imagine being that kid max micro celebrity <laughs> <laughs> i love it Um, and then we get to the Greens after Labour. Greens are, as per their name, probably the most yeah. um, like, climate change, pro-climate uh, pro change policy. They've been advocating for climate policy since like the early 2000s, like 90s. Yeah. That and conservation. Like, they're as close to a single issue party as you can get when it comes to climate change. They support a lot of government regulation. And they also do and support giving incentives for people to change. But they usually support more stringent regulations. Like... Yeah. For instance, I, I'm pretty sure when the when the Zero Carbon Act was first put forward, they wanted us to New Zealand to have a goal of 2040 net zero emissions instead of 2050. Instead of 2050, yeah. but Labour and National made them water it down, so they had to agree to that. So I guess it's it's things like that where they they want more stringent regulations, and they tend to believe that a lot of the money that we use incentives could be better used elsewhere in government yeah. sorts of projects. Like they want to, they want to plant even more trees than we're currently doing. We got to plant a billion trees, and we planted something like three hundred and thirty million of them now. That's a lot of trees. It's a lot of trees. That's more trees than I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of trees. So, yeah, so we're planting a lot of trees, and Greens want to do even more trees. I'm pretty pro tree, yeah, except wilding pines. One of my friends is very anti wilding pines. And why? Why anti wilding pines? Because you can't like they just dominate areas insanely. They don't. They take ages to like actually convert co2 into oxygen and then they also you like they're really resistant to like burning and all of that kind of thing so the only way to do it is just like get a bunch of people out there who have to actually just like hack down like tangled nests of wilding pines supposedly it's a really bad thing my friend had very strong opinions on this but like not being able to burn down when we're having more forest fires i don't see that being a problem no it's like controlled burning in order to get rid of them so that they can plant native bush and things that are like a lot more sustainable and better yeah. for converting okay, okay. you know yeah yeah i think i think planting trees in general is good yeah it's one of the few proven methods of actually getting co2 out of the atmosphere sequestration is that how you say it i only yeah. learned what that word meant embarrassingly only like a few months ago that just means a lot of tree planting in order to get oxygen i yeah. think pretty much i mean there are other ways of doing it too but tree planting is the best tree planting in mind the two main strains of thought are just like regulate or not regulate the anti-regulation group which is like national and act i was talking to my dad about this because my dad is a very pro-economy kind of man and he was saying that like the issue with putting higher taxes on farmers he was like if you do that because of just the way that our society works they're not just going to like take lower profits the farmers are just going to increase the price of what they're producing right so like your milk will go up to like seven dollars a bottle instead of five but then he was like the effects of that yes you'll probably achieve your climate change target but then additionally you just like make the cost of living terrible for a lot of working class people who are already struggling to afford food and i found that was a very interesting comment it, i hadn't thought about that it is an interesting comment but 
it, I also like the thing is that if you were to achieve these climate targets, right, and you wouldn't be taxed, you would you would receive these tax rebates and stuff. Yeah, that would make your products cheaper, which means that you would sell them at a cheaper rate than the rest of the people. And you would undercut them. Yeah, so, so, that, so I suppose that, it's like both. You need ta- like higher taxation on emissions, but also, also incentivization. Like yeah. you need it on both ends for it to work properly. Exactly. Yeah, fair enough. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And then but where, where do we get the money to incentivize farmers from? From the taxation of the farmers. If both of these things exist, right? Yeah. So in order for it to work, you need some people not reaching climate targets, so then you get that tax money from them in order to like give back to those people. So that whole system just relies on that balance existing of people wanting to also not achieve climate targets. Okay. So I'm like, how do you achieve no, the best because, goal? Because the thing is, is that what you want is to get a large number of people going a certain way, right? Yeah. So once that happens, you can remove the incentive to go away and just keep punishing those who don't. Right? Oh, true, you don't, because, you don't because then enough the, people will have made the because, switch. Because the, be the expensive part when it comes to like reducing CO2 emissions is the initial, is the initial investment. But then it's just it's cheaper to just keep doing what you're doing and go back to what you're doing before. Yeah, that's true. Right. So once you made the switch, so it's, it's like a temporary solution. Exactly. It's like the incentivization, which makes it not yeah. terribly economically damaging. Probably like the like the right wingers want to tell but, you it will be. And also, it's it's a certain element of fairness, right? Because when climate change disasters hit us, like they're happening in Auckland, we all pay, right? The government goes in there, big cleanup, a lot of government taxpayer dollars go out to fix the, the issue, right? Yeah, this but is But at the true. same time, so we're having to pay for when the climate disasters hit. So the people who are emitting the CO2, which are causing the climate disasters, should also have to pay. Because that makes it fair. That's fair. I agree right? with that sentiment. If, we, if, if you make the mess, you have us pay for it. Gentle parenting. Yeah. If you spill milk on the floor, please help me clean it up. <laughs> exactly. I, I guess I guess the only thing really left to talk about is where do we stack up against the rest of the world, right? Yeah. And by and large, New Zealand's climate targets, despite what maybe Acton National would tell you, are fairly conservative. Mo- most developed countries, or like big economies, have like got China, really, really intense climate policy because France, they're aware this is something we need to. China, France, for. Germany, all those sort of countries, they all have very similar policy styles, like 2050 target. And those are the guys who, you know, we're trying to live up against. We're trying to, we're trying to stick with them. We're trying to follow their lead and just, you know, do our part as global citizens. And in fact, I, I guess I was, I was talking about, we were talk, Holly and I were talking about this earlier, but the fact that China has a, a global warming, like a net zero target by 2050, is actually all the more impressive given that most of our emissions actually are emitted in China, right? So when you count New Zealand emissions, you don't count the emissions that come from manufacturing the goods that we consume that were manufactured in other countries. It's only what's actually produced yeah. here. So, so think about think about all the stuff times you go to the store, right, and you buy something. Like, it's almost always made in China or, like... So, and that means most of the emissions that come from producing that stuff, which there are quite a few, don't actually... Like, don't get counted in New Zealand's totally. They count in these they other do. countries. So we have these other countries saying, we're going to make sure we emit zero... Like, net zero emissions, right, even though we're manufacturing all of your junk and releasing half of your emissions. But, like, just because they have the policy doesn't mean that they're reaching it. Like, yeah, but... they can say they have the policy for, I don't know, like, propaganda, but, I like, that doesn't necessarily mean they're actually doing it. Oh, no, of course not. But, like, neither... Like, currently, as it stands, we have this aspirational goal, but we haven't made major steps to do it either. Yeah, fair enough, right? I suppose. And I was reading... I was, like, in preparation for this podcast, I was looking at a bunch of rankings, and apparently um, China actually is ranked higher than New Zealand on climate policy preparedness level or something like that. In, yeah. in certain databases, just because their policies are more reaching than ours. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. 
that that's the case. Yeah, because I was I was saying to Zandy before, I had one of the um, Chinese um, diplomatic staff come into one of my lectures late last year, and people were asking him about climate change and China's, you know, climate change policy and, and, and all of that kind of thing. And basically his response was, we're going to continue burning fossil fuels so you don't have to. And I was initially very confused by that. But I think that what it comes down to is basically just like people cannot achieve the climate change targets that they're setting because they're still demanding all of these fossil fuel burnings from China. We're, we're sort of saying, hey, we, want, we, we think that you should lower your emissions, but we still want all the stuff that you produce that releases a ton of emissions to come to our country cheaply. So you should do your part, but we're not going to stop buying the goods. That are causing the big issues. Yeah. That causes a lot of problems. That causes a lot of problems. It does. We've got a lot of different climate policies going on. But to summarise, act national. As much as I hate to admit it, I sort of want to stick their heads in the sand and ignore the whole thing that climate change is a, is a really big deal. Yeah. Whereas the Greens and Labour are much more focused on trying to prevent it from getting really bad. Yeah. At this point, you can't just look away and be like, innovation will fix it, because that's all we've tried to do like since this whole thing started, and we're, like it hasn't really done that much, and right? The only, the only good outcomes we've got is by governments actually enforcing these policies and being like, we're going to tax you, we're going to take away your money if you do bad things to the environment. <laughs> like, like, you know, exactly. That's the only way you get proper climate change policy. And also, right? um, when you talk to like, people who say, we're going to innovate a way out of climate change, the holy grail they talk about is this thing called carbon capture, which basically is just a big fancy word for having a giant factory that mm. sucks all this, that sucks CO2 out of the air and just, it, it basically it sucks it out of the atmosphere, basically. Why, right? why, why, why haven't we made it then? We it's do. Expensive. The thing is, oh, is that almost every one of these projects releases more CO2, like or more greenhouse gases, trying to take the CO2 out of the atmosphere than they actually take out of the atmosphere. Oh, God. And the only ones that have Terrible been truly successful failure. are the ones used by oil companies to justify taking more oil out of the ground. And they then use the CO2 to extract more oil. <laughs> so they effectively oh, also no. result in more CO2 emissions. So although it's this big hero technology, at the end of the day, it doesn't necessarily work. Think, think of the cost that it's going to like take to rebuild like the areas in Auckland, like this is probably the flooding of the cyclone or like Literally. the Bay. And compare that to how much it would have cost to like mitigate our contribution to climate change like 20 years ago. Exactly. Right. The figures are probably... I, I, I haven't run the math. I assume the figures are fairly comparable. Yeah. And I don't know, for, for all of the talk about, oh, the Zero Carbon Act um, by the Act Party is going to like destroy our producers. Like It hasn't it, done that so far. It, it hasn't done that. And secondly, like a lot of other developed countries in the world also have that policy. Yeah, we're all trying to do our part. And I think when you get into a climate discussion, a discussion about climate change policy, there's this really dangerous chance where you'd be like, well, New Zealand only emits like 1% of global emissions every year. Yeah. Like what we do doesn't really matter. Like if we reduce our emissions by 50%, it would barely make a dent in the overall but emissions. I think, I think that at that point, it's, it's not about what we physically do. It's about the mindset because it's like... Yeah, it's like if you are going to donate $2 to a charity and then go, oh, my $2 doesn't make a difference. If everybody has the my $2 doesn't make a difference mindset and the charity just gets no money and all the orphans starve, right? Like, Yeah, and, like collective, a- collective action really works. And so as long as we're doing our part, and like I think that people significantly overlook the amount of 
like influence that New Zealand has over other countries. Like we're seen as really green and clean and sustainable and like tourists come here for that. And I think that if we can promote that image that has really good impacts for other countries who maybe want to also radiate that, that same image, that they're going to do similar things that we're doing because it has good effects for us. And because we're not destroying our country and our people. Like people are not going to be visiting the Hawke's Bay for a while. It's not going to be a prime tourist destination, is it? Yeah. So I think that like the influence that New Zealand has just by saying, look, we are doing our part, whether or not that's a big thing, I think is a lot more important than people give it credit for. And we still have, it's still a moral justification as well. Like we're, yeah. all, we're all global, we're, we're all citizens living in a global world, right? Literally. And as people who are indirectly contributing to the crisis, we, it's up to us as a, as a group to just do our part to make sure that the world is a better place. Mm. And reducing our greenhouse gas emissions is a way of doing that. Yeah, I think this is... A topic and which is really really important for young people to vote on because older people simply do not vote to the same extent on good climate change policy that young people do because they will be dead before it properly affects them in like a really really harmful material way and i think that with the low youth voter turnout we need to be encouraging anybody you know to vote for good climate policy because otherwise it's not going to happen if we don't amplify the voices that are actually going to be affected by this issue, nothing will get done. I'm so sure of that. I agree entirely. Hopefully this has been a good overview of what climate change policy looks like and what its potential effects can be. Um, in terms of, you know, how, how New Zealand reacts and adapts and... And what your look. choices are when it comes to election day, who you're going to yeah. vote for. It's definitely a very important issue to keep in mind, which is why we've put it up as our second episode. Exactly. I think and I think when we get closer to election season, we might do a short episode summing up the party's election promises in, in regards to climate change. Yes. We're so far out right now. A lot of parties haven't made it public. Yeah, we can do a little bit of a recap of this is what they've said they're going to do. Will they actually do it? Yeah. I hope this was a very good recap of climate change policy. Very in-depth. Sorry for my info dumping before. <laughs> I know I'm a bit much. I'm, t I'm told that constantly by my brother and my girlfriend. It's necessary and it's relevant. We learn new things every day and it's yeah. very important. Um, but yes, this was How to Lose a Girl in 10 Days. I hope you enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs>